Hello and welcome to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launches them into lives of extraordinary mission. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. My name is Dan Dimite and I'm joined here in studio with my good friend and brother in Christ, Patrick Rice. Hey, brother. What's up, Patrick? Today's going to be amazing, man. I know. I know. We're so blessed. We've got a good friend of ours, John Bouillou. He's going to share his life-changing encounter with our audience and just talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. But before that, uh, Patrick, can you just open us in prayer? Yeah, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, I thank you so much that you have sent your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the vine and we are the branches. Mm. And Jesus, in you, we can bear fruit. So, Father, I pray that, that whatever has taken us away from the vine, whatever has distracted our awareness of what we're attached to, would just be would, would be cut away from us, God, that we be pruned and that we be reunited with you, that we bear even more fruit on this day and in this season, because we're able to produce fruit in season and out of season because of who we're linked to in Jesus' name. Wow, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for pouring out the gift of your Holy Spirit upon us that we know without you we can do nothing, and that in and through your Spirit you can do everything. With you, all things are possible. And Lord, we just pray that you would do the impossible through us, that you would open up doors that we thought were locked shut, Lord. In our listeners' lives, we pray that you would accomplish impossible things, that they would depend on you, rely on you, cling to you, and that you would prove that you are God, that you are Lord, and that you have power over heaven and earth. We thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woo! Patrick, this is exciting. So before we invite on John Bouillou, who just says he's the uh, director of marketing and outreach for the Franciscan University Youth Conferences, and they've got, you know, just thousands and thousands of people coming to their conferences. We're going to hear from them. It's going to be incredible. But before that, can you just talk about that, uh, the importance of ministering, um, not for Jesus, but from Jesus? Yeah, I want to talk about figs, Dan. Figs? Yes. What fig the? trees. Oh, what the fig? <laughs> what the fig are you talking about, boy? So I, I, I want to go I want to go here. And, and listeners, just email me if you think this is kind of crazy. But you know the story of the fig tree, Dan? Where oh, yeah. Jesus is, he, he, he's walking by a fig tree and he curses it. Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah, why would you curse at a tree? Why would you curse at a fig tree? I tried that when I was a kid. I got smacked by my mom. And, and why did he curse it for, for not, not bearing fruit, right? And mm. then they went back and it was like completely withered. Mm. And here's another interesting context thing is that it wasn't actually season for figs to, to grow fruit. Huh. And, I, and, and here's what um, a spiritual sense that I think you can gather from that is that uh, Jesus expects us to bear fruit um, all the time. In season, in season and out of season. And out of season mm. because of who we're linked to. That our, our actual ability to, to bear fruit is not um, because of our environment around us. Like a tree, it can only bear fruit in a certain season, right? Yeah. Because it's dependent upon the environment ar- around them. But we we don't do that. Like we, we, we're our ability to bear fruit is because of the environment that's within us. Mm. Amen to that. Isn't that a good word? That is a great word. And so... Um, I love uh, I, I love that John is a, a giant in ministry. Like he's been at the Franciscan University Steubenville conferences. I, I know you and I have both heard him speak and minister. Um, but he, you know, I think what, what from his story, there's this call that we're going to hear about to bear fruit that will remain, that will bear fruit and last. And I, I want to kind of bring our listeners to John chapter 15. 
where Jesus said, Abide in me as I abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And so it's just like, it's so clear that like we are able to bear fruit when we're united and connected to Jesus. And our like, I know we're baptized and the sacraments are are effective and and operating, but St. Thomas Aquinas said that the, the sacraments only are efficacious through faith. That faith is actually the, it's the, our connection to Jesus in heaven. So faith, I think, Dan, is an awareness of who Jesus is to me. And when I become aware of his presence in my life, from that awareness, I can minister from him. I can bear fruit at all times, in all places, in all seasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesus didn't come to to make us his captives, right? No. Like he didn't come to enslave us to do his bidding for the Father here on earth. He came to bring us freedom, right? And when we minister for him, we don't want to minister as his slaves. We want to minister from him. That we have such a vibrant. He's just like the Father wants to pour out into our hearts, so we become this overflowing waterfall. That we are just, we, we're receiving so much from him that we're bearing forth fruit that lasts. And Dan, like that's so, so true because like literally 10 verses later in John 15, Jesus says, I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master's doing. Instead, I call you friends for everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. He's in the business of, uh, he doesn't want us to be prodigal children. Or, uh, he doesn't want us to be older sons working out in the field. Mm. He wants us to be um, in his in his abode, in his dwelling. And that dwelling is the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you know, is it possible for us to become drained in ministry? Yes. Is it possible for us to become drained in ministry if we're doing it the right way? Are, is that a setup for a, are you setting me up? <laughs> well, well, in, the, in a sense, like you see a yes, lot of, you yes. can, you see a lot of people who are doing church programs who kind of lose steam and they, they look burnout and, and we're not, and we're not judging. Yeah. We're not judging. No. Yeah. Well, well, we, well, I've been there. Uh, yeah, exactly. I've been there. Yeah. But what God wants to do is he wants to, guys, he, I, I think of a, a plant, right? If you pull uh, a, a leaf off of a tree, what happens? It dies. It dies. And it may look pretty for a few days, but after a couple of days, it it dies and it withers and it crumbles. And that's what happens if we're doing ministry and we're not linked, intimately linked to a relationship with the Father. It's like we're trying to minister uh, apart from the vine and and we just die and we wither. And and the Lord, guys, if, if you're feeling burnout and tired and you feel like you've become a slave to the Lord and he's asking you to minister for him or to serve him, and you're not feeling refreshed and strengthened in love, I ask, are you are you united to the vine, right? Like, are you being fed? Because the Father wants to feed you. He wants to nourish you. He wants to strengthen you so that you are built up and empowered, and then you go forth and bear great fruit. You know, I think the important thing here um, is that the Father wants you to bear fruit. The Father wants you to be successful. And, you know, in ministry, there's that huge lie Patrick, right? That like, oh, it's not about the numbers, right? Like, uh, yes. if we get like one person to come, we're okay. But like, for the devil, it's kind of about the numbers, isn't it? Like, isn't yeah. the devil like, hey, I want to destroy as many souls as possible. And isn't it kind of about the numbers for Jesus? He's like, hey, I want to bring the entire flock, not just the 99, but 100%. I want to bring 100% to the Father's love. And and so it is about the numbers. The Lord wants us not to bear a little bit of fruit. He wants us to bear abundant fruit. And in order to bear abundant 
abundant fruit, we need to remain deeply united to him. The more I remain in him, the more ability I have to draw from his resources into my ministry. Amen to that. Yeah. And just listeners, the Father, I want, I want you to hear this. The Father wants you to bear abundant fruit. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to labor for him in a way that works. And the way we do that is through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, Patrick, we almost like, we try to have like a ministry life or we try to reach out and evangelize. And we do that maybe with a relationship with the Father, maybe with a relationship with the Son, but do we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? That the, the Holy Spirit is the principal agent of evangelization. Yeah. How, how you, you have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? I, What's I that do. look like? Like, what does it mean like, to, like, have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? I wake up and I just say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Mm. <laughs> I'm so excited for this, this day. And then I, I hear him speak to me in my heart. And, yeah. uh I don't know. It's it's it, at this point in my in my in my relationship with him, it's getting kind of playful. Like we're actually joking around a little bit. But we need to have that that in, that you know, core loquitor that 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 heart to heart speaking mm. with the Holy Spirit. And I mean, um, Paul was very clear that like those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. Mm-hmm. And and to be led by the Spirit, to be in relationship with the Spirit, it's Him that unites us with Christ, right? Yeah. So um, I don't know. I I think for some people, you need to hear. It's possible to have a personal relationship with Holy Spirit. And Dan, for me, I know this might sound kind of weird, but I, in, in my own personal speech, I stopped referring to uh, him as the Holy Spirit because when I put the, it seems to depersonalize him in my mind because yeah. he's a person. I'm not the Patrick Rice. I'm Patrick Rice. Yeah. And so I, 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 I talk to Holy Spirit, what are you doing right now? It's not like, I pray to the Holy Spirit. What is it you desire of me? <laughs> you know, I'm, Holy yeah. Spirit, what's going on right now? And like it, when I approach it in a, him in a more personal way, it just breaks down barriers. You can't have a personal relationship with an object, right? And the Holy Spirit is, um, he's a person. What about robots? Divine. <laughs> Holy Spirit Sorry. is a divine person, right? And I can have a relationship with a divine person. Yeah. And, and, you know, even sometimes in our language, we're like, we call the Holy Spirit an it, uh, or, you know, we, we start to think of Holy Spirit as a, a power or a force or a, the object of the Father, right? No, the, the Holy Spirit is the third divine person of the Holy Spirit, and the reality of the Holy Spirit is that he is the love shared between the Father and the Son. That the Father and the Son's love is so powerful, so palpable, so tangible, that eternally processing forth from it is the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's that when I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's that I have a relationship with the Father and the Son's love deeply abiding in me. Isn't that amazing? Yes. I know like in my in my uh day to day life, there's a lot of times I'm I you know, I'm not like Life moves fast, and I get myself in situations where I'm like, "Oh crap! I don't know what to do." Don't right? say, "Don't say crap." Oh, can't Sorry. do that on the radio. Sorry. Oh darn! I don't let my kids say it. Well, I say that in my mind. Uh, oh, so, oh, Holy darn. Spirit, help yeah. them. So, so, and I get in these situations. I'm like, "Okay, what, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do?" My favorite prayer is simply, "Come, Holy Spirit." Mm-hmm. And it's like it takes all the pressure off of me, <laughs> and it puts it on Him. I love it. Like, yep. what do I say right now? Come, Holy Spirit. 
okay, whatever. I'm just going to open my lips and start talking and whatever. I've I've asked the Holy Spirit to anoint my tongue. And so now all of a sudden. I'm That's just called gonna... praying in tongues. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just allowing him to speak, right? Through yeah. us. Let's and, do it right now. All right. We got like a minute left. Can I pray? Yeah. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, um, we surrender to you right now. So listeners, I just invite you, no matter where you are, just to stop and just invite him. Holy Spirit, come. Increase your presence. I want to know you more. I love you, Holy Spirit. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Holy Spirit. I worship you, Holy Spirit. I want to be united to Jesus. I want to bear fruit with you, Holy Spirit. I want to be intimate with Jesus. I want to be intimate with my Father. And I love that you're already here and you're already present. Thank you for showing me how present you are. And thank you for transforming my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to invite on John Bullyu. He's the Director of Marketing and Outreach for the Franciscan University Outreach Office that runs all of the Steubenville conferences all over the nation and even the world. So, it's like a holy empire. Holy empire for the gospel. I love it. So you're listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We'll be right back. Wherever you are, find Encounter with Dan Demite and Patrick Rice on EWTN Radio, the EWTN app, Amazon Echo, Facebook, SoundCloud, Podcast, and follow them on Twitter at Encounter EWTN. Get ready to pack your bags. Now is the time to make your plans for the 2018 EWTN Family Celebration. Saturday, November 3rd is the time, and Jacksonville, Florida is the place. This is your chance to meet your favorite Catholic TV and radio hosts. We'll have Holy Mass and Confession, Family Corner, and you can shop for Holy Reminders at EWTN Religious Catalog. The EWTN Family Celebration. For more information, go to EWTN.com slash Family Celebration. Gloria Purvis. We have the wrong understanding and appreciation of pregnancy. We need to do what's best for the child, not what's convenient for the mother, the father, or the doctor. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Hello and welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people and launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Patrick Rice and I are here, and we're joining on the show John Bullyu. John, welcome yeah. to the show. Hey, Dan, Patrick, thank you, so, thank you so much for having me on today. This is great. Thank yeah. You. Oh, it is a huge blessing. John, you have been changing uh, the lives of so many people through your outreach at, with the Steubenville conferences. Can you just share with our audience how many people were at your Steubenville conferences last year? Well, we've been very blessed. Um, you know, our youth conferences are, are going strong. We have 25 of those. We now have three young adult conferences that we uh, host, and we have, in addition, five adult conferences. And between all of those conferences, we served over 60,000 people, youth, young adult, and adult. 60,000 wow. people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Amen. John. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so you're, you're taking after your namesake, uh, John the Evangelist, right? You're doing... Uh, the evangelization of the church. You're also taking after like the same John, the evangelist was the beloved disciple and the Lord has, I know captured your heart. Uh, John, could you maybe share with us how, how that all happened? How did the Lord capture your heart initially and where, where did you fall in love with him uh, in a way that launched you into this life of incredible mission? 
Sure. You know, I, I grew up in a very small town of about 2,000 people in upper Michigan and would do the Catholic thing with my family because in high school it's easier just to go along and go to Mass and go to faith formation than, than to argue with your parents. So I was there. I was occupying a pew, but, you know, my mind, my heart was always somewhere else during Mass. You know, I could never seem to connect, never really felt that connection to uh, to anything, uh, you know, that would change my life. And it was when I was a junior in high school, I was being confirmed, and we went on this uh, confirmation retreat. And the priest told us that we had to go on a walk for half an hour and find something in nature that represented our faith. And when uh, the half an hour was up, he rang this bell, and I had nothing. I had nothing that could represent my faith. And so I just grabbed, as I was walking up this path into this cabin, a piece of bark. I thought, you know, I need to have something, right? So I walk into the room, and I'm holding this piece of bark, and I look around the room, and all the guys are holding rocks, and all the girls are holding flowers. And the priest made us sit in a circle, and I was sitting right next to him. And he said, well, now we're going to go around the circle, and people are going to describe what they picked up and why they, why they got it. And I'm like, oh, gosh, go the other way, because I, I don't want to go first. So he went the other way, thank goodness, and all the guys were like, yeah, hey, I picked up this rock because Jesus is my rock, and I want to build my life on the rock. And, and all the girls were like, and I picked a flower because I want my faith to bloom like a flower for Jesus. <laughs> and then the moment of terror came because I was sitting there holding a piece of bark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why did you pick the bark, John? <laughs> well, that's what I was trying to figure out <laughs> with sweat rolling down my forehead. You know, like, oh, my gosh. Well, you know, there's, there's just times when God intervenes in our lives with grace, and he speaks into us as much as speaks through us. And in that moment, that's exactly what happened. I opened my mouth to say why I picked up bark, and this is what I said. Because when bark is on a tree, it's part of something living, but this bark was on the ground, and it's dead. And that's what my faith is right now. There were audible gasps, and the priest was like, okay, moving on. <laughs> but but it, it, was, it was like God held up a mirror to my soul, and I saw that really I was about wow. to become confirmed, about to be confirmed in a faith that meant nothing to me. And that didn't sit right. And it was like it sparked this spiritual journey that kind of had its conclusion two years later, because I went through confirmation, and it wasn't transformative. And I'd been on a couple of retreats seeking something, and they sparked and continued to push me on my journey, but still didn't really find that, that, that thing I was looking for. And uh, had a chance before uh, I would go off to college. This was I had just graduated from high school in 1983. I had an invitation to come on this what they called the Discipleship Week that Net Ministries, which are the national evangelization teams out of St. Paul, Minnesota, they were sponsored this week long retreat. And I thought, well, you know, I'm not in a good place. If I go to, off to college right now, I don't know where I'm going to end up. So I went. And on this retreat. I got the, I had I got up there a day early uh, because I, I got dropped off by my mom who was traveling through the area. Long story short, I get up at the camp and they're like, "Hey, John, we're going to take some time to pray before the retreat starts. Would you like to join us?" And I was thinking more of, in terms of I, there's a lake and some fishing poles. I'm just going to go fishing, but you know, Catholic guilt being what it is, I couldn't say no to praying on a retreat. So I, I got I said, "I'll go pray with you." Well, we walk out in the middle of this. Uh, this area outside their chapel, nice sunny day, and they they sit they're, they're in a circle, and somebody starts playing the guitar, and they just break into this praise and worship song. They're just singing their hearts off. Like I've been to church, and most people in the Catholic Church have this amazing ability to sing without moving their lips. <laughs> 
<laughs> but, but these people were belting it out, and they were loving it. And I was kind of, like, intimidated. I had never sung like that, especially a religious song, you know. And all of a sudden, like, hands start shooting up in the air. And they're, like, praising God with their hands in the air. And, I, you know, at first I'm thinking, well, do you need to use the bathroom? you got a question. What's going on here? Why, why are your hands in the air? You're dancing. Uh, I've never seen it before. Well, this, the, the song comes to an end, and they're just still, you know, the, the guitar player still starts uh, he's still playing the guitar, and they just break out in spontaneous praise. Like I'm hearing, praise you, Jesus, hallelujah, holy is your name. And they're they're worshiping God. I'm like freaking out. Like, is this even Catholic? What is going on here? I mean, like, this is just too intense. Well, and then, you know, I mean, I, you know, I didn't know what was happening. At first I thought, you know, uh, some guy next to me was, was having buyer's remorse over his new car because he was saying something like, I should have bought a Hyundai, I should have bought a Hyundai, I should have bought a Hyundai. And I'm like, <laughs> what is that noise? What is that no-? Yeah. So, so anyway, they were, they, were, they were manifesting the gift of tongues, which is when the Spirit prays through you, and you're just open to that power of the Holy Spirit, that spiritual gift. Well, mm. all my defenses were rising within me. Like, I'm like, I've... I'm going to call my mom, and she's going to come pick me up, and we're getting out of here because whatever this is is too weird. Until I, I, I just looked across the, the, the circle of people that were praying there, and I saw this young woman, maybe a few years older than me, and she just had the biggest smile on her face. Her hands were open up in front of her like she was just completely open to God, and she was saying, I love you, Jesus. I love you so much. And that was another moment where God just hit me, and he said, you know, and I just realized, you know, through his grace, I had never said those four words, I love you, Jesus, and meant it in my life. Wow. And I, and I said, God, whatever she has that gives her the ability to love you, she looks so alive and so full of joy. I want that. I want that. And I can't say that I received, like, baptism in the Holy Spirit at the moment, but I could feel God stirring mm-hmm. something in me, a hunger, a desire to go deeper. And it all culminated you know, three nights later when I went to confession, and in that confession unpacked my soul of, of sin that I've been carrying around for years. You know, I always felt like, you know, I couldn't have a good relationship with God because I was so broken. I was far from Him. I had this wall of sin, and in that moment of absolution when the priest laid his hands upon my shoulders and prayed the prayer of absolution, I felt like I got struck by lightning. <laughs> All of a sudden, the burden was gone. Amen. The love of God came rushing into my life, and it filled me in such a way that I was, in that moment, 100% convinced that God was real, that God was love, and that God was calling me to something other than what I had planned for my life. And I told the Lord, you know, whatever you ask of me, I will do. And uh, lo and behold, the next day, one of the people from that say, said, came to me and said, uh, we were praying last night. We think God wants you to serve with Net Ministries next year. <laughs> And I'm like, I think you need to go back and ask again. <laughs> but the bottom line is, I had said to God, whatever you ask me to do, I will do. And I took a step of faith, and I, I served with Net Ministries for a year. It changed my life, and it, had, it just put me on a trajectory of evangelization and serving the church and serving the gospel that has not left me in, uh, you know, what is it now, 40, 34, I don't know how many years it's been, 34 years. Yeah, 34 years now. Wow. Praise yep. the Lord. Man, thank you, Jesus. So did you go right into net, like, right after high school? Yeah, I graduated in June of 83. 
Um, and it was the week after I graduated that I had my encounter with God that transformed my life. And then it was two months later, I was back to training for net. You know, so it was, yeah, right out of high school. I love what you shared about just that hunger to be able to say, I love you, Jesus. And, you know, we can't say we can't say those words unless through the power of the Holy Spirit, that when the Holy Spirit's alive in us, it, it allows us to say that Jesus is Lord. Right. And mm-hmm. and to cry out from the depths of our heart, Abba, Father, John, mm-hmm. when when you were um, when you were in training for net, what else was the Holy Spirit doing in your life? Well, I, I, I think, you know, one of the things, two, th- two things that God was doing. Number one, you know, I was still a very young Young, 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 like infant Catholic, you know, like I just had this, uh, this, you know, I'd been sacramentalized, but I'd never been evangelized and I had never owned it. So I had to really allow the Holy Spirit to show me where I needed to grow. And it was a twofold process. There's number one, this taking away of, of things in my life that aren't, weren't of God. So there was a purification and that happened through the Holy Spirit, just kind of illuminating and showing me where I needed to change and me taking it to God and surrendering it going and continuing to take things that uh, were in my life that I needed to get rid of to confession. But it was also just growing in this understanding that, you know, through God, we can do everything. The, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do whatever God calls us to do. And I was just, I mean, the boldness and the confidence in who God was. And I'd always lacked a confidence in myself, but I was finding this new confidence in Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit that allowed me to to step out into a mission field and actually start leading other people into uh, into that relationship. So, you know, the purification and, and just that empowerment. Wow. Amen to that. Yeah. So, uh, so John, you, you talked about an experience that you had of uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, like, I, I, I would say, like, during training— you know, I was really introduced into the deeper life in the Holy Spirit. Like I said, at that discipleship week, I had that encounter with the Holy Spirit. But then I realized, you know, like, like I really could communicate with the Holy Spirit. You know, I love the fact that Jesus says the Holy Spirit will come and he will teach you. And the word that Jesus threw in there at the end is he will teach you everything that you need to know. And so I just became like this disciple and the Holy Spirit was speaking into my heart. You know, it was during that training that I myself received the gift of uh, speaking in tongues. And, it, and, and I found that, that that gift allows me to enter into an intimacy with God in my personal prayer when I feel dry, when I feel there's walls and I don't know what, exactly what to say. You know, I received that gift and it's, it, it has served me so well. Uh, and it, and it, yeah, so just being baptized in the Holy Spirit, continuing to foster that life in the Spirit has been kind of like the underlying um, stream of grace that has made me able to do everything that I've been able to do for the Lord. It's not me. It's God working in me. So you, you've just, like, John, you've been living a life of uh, power evangelization, really bringing the gospel um, into the world and into people's lives in a way that it impacts them in a powerful way. How has the Holy Spirit empowered you? What what has the Holy Spirit, like, done in your life that really launched you into uh, the ability to to cut open hearts while preaching and, and teaching? My first experience of actually in, in ministry was on my first year in that. I was on a net retreat. I was 18 years old at the time, and I was ministering to guys who were 15, 16, and 17. And I felt very, like, I'm only a couple years older than some of these guys. I feel very ill-equipped, but I remember just praying, Holy Spirit, use me. And so at the end of this one retreat, I was praying with this young man, 
and he was very unresponsive. I was praying that God would open up his heart. I was praying that God would uh, you know, just show him his love, and, and, and I could tell that he just had these, this barrier. So I said, God, just show me you know, how I should pray. And I got this vision in my mind. It was the weirdest thing. It was, it was in the middle of a cornfield. It was just a, 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 an old road with railroad tracks going across in it, and, a, and one of these old time uh, railroad signs, a circle with uh, you know the X going through it, saying railroad crossing. And I didn't know what to make of it, and I was very nervous. Like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know if I should say anything, but I just said, "This is going to sound weird." I said this to the young man I'm praying with. This is going to sound weird. But I'm praying with you, and I get this image of a railroad crossing in the middle of a field. Does that mean anything to you? And this young man immediately broke down and started crying. It had turned out that, you know, three months earlier, his, his dad was hit by a train in his car. And that he had had all this hurt and all this anger against God that was just it was oppressing him, and it was just ruining his life and you know, keeping him from God. And in that moment, that word unlocked the key to his heart, and grace came into that moment. We prayed for healing. We prayed for his, you know, you know, to, for him to ask God's forgiveness and to, to enter back into that relationship with Christ. And we prayed for healing and for his family. I mean, it was just it, it just launched another fifteen twenty minutes of prayer with this young man that wow. was just transformative to him. And That's... I saw the God of comfort show up in power. You know, yeah, that is so good because it wasn't about your word; it was about the word the Lord placed. Uh upon your heart, right? And that's just the power of the Holy Spirit giving you an insight to his heart that you could not have come up with on your own. I just love that. Can you share, like, as you continue in ministry, you're young, you go uh, maybe after now, how's God uh, continue to pour out the Holy Spirit in your life and and giving you other ways to evangelize to young people? Well, you know, what I find is, you know, you just have to Oh, okay. Well, after I got off net, I, I did 15 years of youth ministry at parishes. So that's that's you know that was a big part of my ministry. Um, and I think when you know when you're traveling and doing a ministry like net, you know people come to a uh, a, uh, a a retreat and either you know, they've had a good experience with retreats before and they're very expectant and excited, or uh, you know or they don't know what and you have a chance to win them over. Uh, and, and it's a one-time thing. You come into their lives, you, you preach the gospel in power, it's great, and you leave the next day. But when uh, in my years with youth ministry, I realized that I was entering into uh, a deeper kind of ministry you, where you accompany uh, you know, these young Catholic guys and gals on their spiritual journey. And really, you know, like, God always presents opportunities, big and small, for you to be instruments of just arousing in them that sense of conversion and wanting to follow Christ. You know, and, and, and being in relationship. Now, I had, I had you know, it, it sometimes it takes much longer with some of these young people. So I remember this one time, this young man named Greg that was in my youth group, I had tried to get him to become more of a leader. I felt like God was saying to my heart that he has great potential to be a leader. And he did. He had natural, ten, had this natural gifts. But he was really caught up in sports and music and all these things. And so it was an August afternoon. We were getting ready to kick off youth ministry in another month for the fall. And he, I w- we were at the pool together, you know, and we were just talking. And he was telling me uh, he was 
football practice was starting. He was going to be the captain. He was going to be an honor student. He was telling me all these things he wanted to accomplish in the fall. And then he stopped. And I just paused. And I think that once again, the spirit showed up. And I said, well, Greg, you, you sound like you just have this great plan to do great things. But let me ask you a question. You know, God has given you all these gifts. What are you going to do for him this year? <laughs> and, and I didn't yes. really, you know, try to guilt him. I just said, you know, like, man, you got to you know, do something for God. Well, it, it never went farther in that moment. But he came back a week later and said, I'm so angry with you. I'm like, why? He goes, I haven't been able to stop thinking about that question. God has been pushing it on my heart and pushing it on my heart. And now I know I need to get involved with the leadership group at youth group, you know, yeah. and, and he was, then he became a mentor to younger students. And I mean, like God just raised up to in him this gift uh, and, and, you know, that through the Holy Spirit just prompted him to start using it to serve, uh, you know, the younger members of the youth group. So I've seen lots of things like that over the years where God has just showed up and done amazing things. Yeah, that's so important because I feel like so often in, in youth ministry, um, <clears throat> we just keep the sheep sheep, right? And we never help them become shepherds. And it's so important that uh, youth ministry doesn't just become some like entertainment factor that we have mm-hmm. for kids or some like social out- outlet for the kids that don't have social outlets, right? But that it's actually like uh, uh, a process of forming missionary disciples, disciples who know Jesus Christ, but who are also set on mission. Amen. So, how did Amen. you, John, how'd you get to Franciscan University? Well, after I spent, uh, I, okay, I, I did my year on net. Then I did two years of, of, uh, uh, of a state school up in Michigan. And then uh, went back on net for a second year of missionary service. And then transferred to uh, Franciscan University. So I graduated from Franciscan in 1989. And then, uh, I, like I said, I spent many years doing youth ministry. And then the opportunity to come back and work at Franciscan, um, you know, it, it opened up and I applied for the job and, and was I got the job. And I've been here since 2003. Um, you know, my roommate in college, uh, a lot of people know this guy. His name is Father Dave Pavanka. So he and I were roommates <laughs> in college. And we've been, he, he actually had the job of in the Christian outreach office uh, that I took, uh, you know, uh, before I did. And, and so it was an, a really cool transition and just a, a great opportunity to come back and serve uh, my alma mater, which I owe so much to in, in terms of my formation. Wow, that's awesome. Praise the Lord. So so you, you have 60,000 people coming to the youth conference, I mean, the, the different Steubenville conferences. That doesn't just happen, right? <laughs> like like uh, we, we, we know plenty of church programs that struggle to get 20 people there. Um, how how has the Holy Spirit, what's God doing in these conferences that's adding to your numbers year after year? What's the Holy Spirit doing that's bursting, like causing these conferences to grow and to burst at the seams? Yeah, well, before I answer that question directly, I want to say, you know, this past January, uh, the founder of the Steubenville Conference is Father Michael Scanlon, who was just a man filled with the Holy Spirit, a priest, holy and uh, and just a dynamic preacher and, and a man of courage and vision. You know, he launched these conferences in 1975 um, with, the, with one for priest deacons and seminarians. And at the end of that conference, the priests all stood up and said, Father Mike, this is wonderful. We need something like this for our teens. And Father Mike, having no experience in youth ministry, no idea how to put on a conference for youth, said, well, I, we could try it, but how are we going to get teens here? And uh, the priest just unanimously started shouting out, if you build it, we'll bring them, you know, we'll bring our teens. We just do this for us, Father Mike. Our teens need this Holy Spirit. They need this new life. And the next year he hosted his first 
conference for youth and young adults and had 500 people in year one. And now with, you know, at, with, with 53,000 youth coming to a conference this last year, it is simply the fact that we keep the focus of everything that you do on the person of Jesus Christ. These are evangelistic conferences where the encounter with Jesus Christ is the most important thing. Uh, oftentimes we confuse in ministry what it's all about. Um, you know, we make it about the programming. Uh, we make it about the, the speaker. We make it about this, you know, and that. Everything that we do from the moment young people walk into the room is to capture their attention, direct their attention, and help them focus their hearts, minds, and souls on the living person of Jesus Christ. And we do it through the power of the Holy Spirit because we know it's the Holy Spirit that, number one, pours the love of the Father into our hearts. Number two, opens our eyes to encounter Christ, the eyes of our hearts to see, to feel, and to experience the person and lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. So to, to evangelize without the Holy Spirit is to speak eloquently of things uh, that are very beautiful, but it's not evangelization. You know, it's when we are empowered by the Holy Spirit that our words become effective for bringing young people into a deeper encounter, and it's through our prayer that that happens you know we 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 remain very humble before god knowing that if we don't pray there's no guarantee that next year is going to be a, a great conference but so many people pray and so many people support us and and god is so incredibly faithful that you know 40 plus years down the road god is still changing hearts awakening uh faith um you know, just bringing new life to, to to thousands and thousands of teens every summer, and we're just blessed to witness it. Yeah, I love it. That's so good. That's so it's so true, right? That that the Holy Spirit is critical. That um, the popes have said that the Holy Spirit is the the principal agent of the of the new evangelization, and the principal agent of all evangelization. And it's so amazing that so often we we try to do evangelization and we do it with our own power, right? Where we've got this open heaven above us, and, and we we've got access to supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, and we're not tapping into that. John, can you just share with our audience how? How do you personally tap into the power of the Holy Spirit? You're, you're preparing to speak to a big crowd, or you're preparing for a conference. You're you're about to pray over someone. What do you do um, to to tap into, if you will, not in a weird, like creepy way, right? <laughs> but but how how do you allow the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to flow forth through you? Well, yeah, I will say number one, it it for me, it's constantly working on uh, my humility. Um, you know, the Lord exposed very early in my spiritual walk that the primary root of my sin is found in pride. And pride is one of the things that will keep us back from being great instruments of God's Holy Spirit. So number one, I'm dealing with the fact that I, I, need, I need to remain humble. Mm-hmm. You know, and I try my best to take time to just pray the litany of humility every day, to remind myself that it's not about me, that there's something greater that God wants to do. And number two... Uh, you know, I love what St. Bonaventure said, the Holy Spirit comes where he's loved, where he's invited, and where he's welcomed. And so I start my day with prayer, and I just invite the Holy Spirit in. I welcome him, and I love him, and I tell him that I love him. He's the third person of the Trinity. He's not some mystical, faceless, you know, kind of vapor that or bird that we kind of think he is sometimes. You know, he's a person, and and he can have real intimacy with the Holy Spirit. So I talk to the Holy Spirit. I tell the Holy Spirit that, you know, open up doors for me to evangelize. You know, and Jesus was very clear, asking you shall receive. Like, Lord, I want to do something great for you today. 
and I don't want it to be about me. I want you to show me your glory. I pray these things very intentionally, and God, it's amazing how many times he just opens the door. You know, I mean, it's just invitation and openness and remaining humble, and, and God, God uses that. Yeah, amen to that. Can you share some stories? Like, I know you've got so many years of ministry. What, what are some stories where the Holy Spirit just opened a door and, and blessed someone's life? Um, probably the most dramatic story. Uh, I had a young girl that was in my youth group for a number of years, and she graduated from high school, and she kind of drifted. Uh, she found herself in a very bad place, and, and the long story short is she OD'd um, to, by taking uh, a, a, a huge bottle of Tylenol and di- downing it with uh, Jack Daniels. Her liver went into complete failure. They rushed her uh, from our from our hometown, an hour and a way, hour and a half away, to uh, the Duke Medical Center in North Carolina. I was living there at the time. But the the next day, we were able to go over there because her mom uh, was a friend of mine still, and you know she had a younger sister that was still in my youth group. We went there, uh, and basically, we're told that uh, if she lives another day, it'll be a miracle. And uh, I went in there. I prayed with her. Um, I wasn't the only one praying for her, so I don't attribute this to anything in particular, but I was able to take a, a, a holy card of, of uh, Mother Teresa. She had just uh, passed away recently and, and, and asked her for intercessions and just prayed the Holy Spirit would come down upon her. She lived through the night, and the next day the doctor said, well, I don't think she's going to die, but she's been moved to the number one spot on the liver uh, donation list because if her liver, you know, isn't, if she doesn't get a transplant, uh, she's not going to live. You know, we're keeping her alive, but she needs a liver transplant. You know, I continued to pray, went, continued to visit her. She was, you know, under anesthetic most of the time, prayed over her again. Next day came back, the doctor said, well, you know what? We're starting to see some liver function here. You know, I don't want to get anyone over op- overly optimistic, but it seems like her her liver's starting to work again. We didn't expect this to happen, but don't don't get too excited. We're still keeping her on the number one spot on the on the liver donation list, and even if she doesn't need the don- liver transplant, uh, she's going to be on medication for the rest of her life. She's basically fried her liver. And this went on for another four days until she walked out of the hospital with a perfectly fine liver under her uh, power. Thank you, you know, Jesus. And, and, and to the doctor's jaws on the floor, not being able to come to any understanding of why this young girl was alive and was walking out of there not needing any other follow-up treatment to what they thought was a devastating liver failure. <laughs> Amen. So John, I love it. It's like... Jesus Christ really is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And like, this is just present in your whole testimony. Yeah. yeah. Amen yeah. to that. John, we were sharing one time, you and I were talking, and um, you were sharing about how you'll, you'll go to like youth minister conferences or like, you know, and you'll actually be praying with other youth ministers or other people in ministry and, and how you, you, you kind of see some of the, the pain and the hurt in their lives and you're trying to help bring them to freedom. The, the Holy Spirit leads us to freedom, right? And how can you share about how even with people in the church that so often in ministry, we can be active in ministry work, we can be doing ministry work, we can be active in our parishes, but we don't actually have the freedom of the Holy Spirit uh, alive in us. Can you share maybe a, a testimony of someone finding freedom in the Holy Spirit or how, how the Holy Spirit brings us real freedom? Uh, yeah, you know, I, we, we did for a number of years a youth minister's retreat on our campus, and we would bring in, you know, anywhere from 100 to 150 youth ministers from across the area. And, and there's such a hunger for this. Youth ministers, 
you know, having been one for years, and I, I, I look at the up and down struggle that prayer was for me, you know, you get so busy, right? And we, as youth ministers, can substitute um, busyness with prayer. Like, oh, I did pray today. I prayed before our youth group meeting started, so that means I did pray today. And God is like, you know, we give, you know, you can give me your time, you can give me your talent, but what I want that nobody else can give me is your heart. Will you just give me your heart? You know, I've heard the Lord say this to me so many times, and yet it's so easy for us in ministry to get so bogged down in the things that we're called to do that we forget that the primary thing that we're called to do is just be a a, a child of God and live in that love. And I've seen youth ministers, you know, struggle with addictions and hidden sins, because when you live in youth ministry, you're in a fishbowl, and everyone's looking at you, and there's all this pressure to look good and do the right thing. And and so many of them have become very good at hiding that, and they're really struggling in the midst of it. But I have prayed with youth ministers who've been freed from addictions, who've been able to have, uh, you know, hurting relationships with their spouses restored. Um, youth ministers who, who have been cold in their faith and distant from God, just praying that God would just awaken a sense of being loved in their hearts again and seeing, you know, just like that switch, that first love that may have grown cold come, you know, all of a sudden it's burst back into flames and they, and they realize once again, ministry is about me being loved by God and letting the overflow of that touch the people around me. It's not about my effort. It's not about my talent. It's about God loving me and loving through me. And it's beautiful to see because we can so easily get distracted by, you know, everything that ministry is that we forget that without God, we're not effective anyway. So it's it's just a blessing to do that and be a part of that kind of ministry. Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, I, I love it. And I just, for anyone out there that's uh, just involved in church work, that God doesn't want us to be an evangelist without being a beloved disciple, right? That like, we can't just, we we can't bring the masses to Christ and forget to bring ourselves to Christ. Mm-hmm. I, I love St. Alphonsus Liguori. He said, I'm in love with Jesus. And that's why I desire to bring him an incalculable number of souls first of all, my own, right? And we just need to bring Jesus Christ our own heart and our own soul. John, if you could, uh, you know, you're, you, we're on radio, which is so powerful, and we've got a global audience right now. What, like, what is the white hot core of your message? What does the Holy Spirit bring to people, um, and how can they fan into flame that gift of the Holy Spirit in their lives? Sure. I would I would say at the very heart of what I what I about, and this is what the Lord has been continually renewing and teaching me over and over again, is that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have intimacy with God. You know, and, and when we read the Catechism and it says, the whole of God's work in the divine economy is to bring man back into unity, intimate unity with the divine Godhead, the Trinity then that means that the ultimate work that we're supposed to be about here on earth is bringing ourselves into that intimacy. That's, you know, it's not a means, it's the end. It's intimacy with God. And any ministry that we should be doing should be helping our fellow Christians, our fellow Catholics, experience and get into an intimate relationship with Christ. That's what he desires more than anything. And all ministry is geared towards that. That's the goal, is intimacy with God, communion with God. And that, um, you know, God will, will, will use you to the extent that you're willing to say yes. And, and like, there's only two things that God can bless, and yeses and messes. So even if you think you're a mess, <laughs> God yes. can bless that. But if you give him a yes within that mess, 
you're going to be doubly blessed. He's, he's going to use you. It's not about us. We can take our, our eyes off ourselves, put them on Christ, and do what Peter did. We can walk on water. We can do the unimaginable. We can do the unfathomable in the name of Jesus. We just have to believe and take that step like, like Peter did. Amen. And Lord, we just pray that you would do the unfathomable in, in our listeners' lives. We pray that you would allow them to walk on water, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, Lord, to speak words of wisdom into people's lives like you have done through John. Thank you, Jesus, for the work you've done in his life and the work you want to do in all of our listeners' lives. John, if we want to, uh, if our listeners want to get a hold of you, how can they, they learn more about you? How can they learn more about the Steubenville conferences? How can they bring you in to speak uh, to their parish? What do you got? Sure. Well, you know, I, I've, I've always kind of had a low-key kind of out, outlook to uh, ministry. I don't have a website. Um, I have a Facebook page. You can look for me on John Bolyu, and you can message me through Facebook, although that's not always the best way because I, I check it maybe once a week. But if you go to the website, I'd rather you go to this website, studentvilleconferences.com, and learn more about the Studentville Conferences. However, you know, like I have been doing quite a bit of traveling and speaking, and if you want to, 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 to reach me, my uh, email address is at studentvilleconferences.com. Just send me an email. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, I like to go in and do Life in the Spirit seminars. I have I also do training for people who are in renewal ministry to uh, help strengthen their ability to lead others into a deeper relationship with Christ. And the other thing that I do a lot of are these youth minister retreats where, you know, I just take time to minister to those who are ministering to youth. And, uh, you know, I love doing that and uh, would would glad to be able to serve any parish or community uh, to in any way I could. So, uh, you know, just you can check out, you can find me at com. Awesome. And you guys have an incredible youth, uh, I mean, young adult conference called Encounter. And we just want to encourage all of the young adults listening to check out the Encounter Conference. Is that uh, on that same website, John? Yes, yes. You'll see a tab for youth conferences, young adult conferences, and adult conferences. You click on the young adult conference tab, you'll find where we're, where, where, uh, where and when our uh, young adult conferences are. Great. Thank you so much, John. And thanks for joining us on this show. We've just been so blessed by your testimony and your words of encouragement. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. You're listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We'll be right back. Divine Intimacy Radio. When you engage with the wisdom of saints this way, it stokes the fires of God in our hearts, encourages us, strengthens us, and gives us wisdom to deal with the difficulties of life. It also gives us wisdom that allows us to rise above all of the junk, to live with joy and peace in the midst of even the most difficult circumstances. Divine Intimacy Radio, Sunday, 6.30 a.m., 1.30 p.m., and 11 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. EWTN, communicating the faith. I feel that God has been really doing a work in me in the last five, ten years. I'm a convert to Catholicism, and I started to just really feel a passion to know more about the Catholic faith, and I started listening to Catholic radio all day. I'm not doing great things, but I'm doing small things with great love. EWTN, live truth, live Catholic. Welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people and launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Wow, John's mission truly is extraordinary, isn't it? I think so. What, what stuck out to you the most, Patrick? I, I, I love that the first grace of, the whole, like, of God on his life was that confirmation class where 
you know, he had this, that God like revealed to him that he didn't, he wasn't connected to him, that his faith was completely dead. Yeah, he was that bark that had fallen from the tree. Yeah, and like, I, I don't know, it just goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, that the vine and the branches, that's like the controlling um, image that we have in our relationship with God. And like God actually, he'll He'll reveal to us where we're lacking in our, our right relationship, that righteousness. So um, I don't know, it's like a confidence. I don't have to do introspection, Dan. I don't mm-hmm. have to like figure out how I'm doing. God can show me anywhere I'm lacking. You know, I think sometimes like we think I need to be close to God, the Father, in order to receive the Holy Spirit, right? And it's actually the complete opposite. It's through the Holy Spirit, I grow in intimacy with the Father and the Son. That that gift of the Spirit is what allows me to cry out, Abba, Father, and allows me to say, Jesus is Lord. And we just, you know, listeners, we're asking you today, do you desire a personal relationship with Holy Spirit? And do you want the Holy Spirit to fall upon you? And I I pray that you do. So we're just going to lead you in a prayer of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon your life. Yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we love you. I thank you that you came in, into us at our baptism, that you increased your presence at our confirmation. Mm-hmm. And I thank you that uh, even for people that haven't experienced you in the sacraments like that, that just like Cornelius, uh, his whole household received the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you do that right now, that you would give us a greater hunger for you, Holy Spirit. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray for a release of heaven's fire for the, the living water to well up deeply within each listener right now. Thank you, God, I thank you for the more that you're doing right now in Jesus' mighty name. Yeah, and Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would fall afresh, fall afresh, fall anew, do something new in our listeners' lives right now. Come with your power, your heat, your presence, your fire. Fill them up, Lord. Fill them up. Fill them up so they receive all of you. Holy Spirit, bring them into intimate union with the Father and the Son, that they may know you and love you and cling to you more and more. Holy Spirit, allow us to bear abundant fruit for the Father and for his kingdom. Allow us to bring all souls back to the Father. Come, Holy Spirit, those hands of ours that are are, are fruitless, Lord, I pray that you would fill them up with just an abundance. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. While you're listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Uh, Patrick, how can our listeners find out more about Encounter? Yeah, you can go to Encounter EWTN. Uh, it's on Twitter. Or you can go to our website, www.encounterradio.org. We just want to encourage all of our listeners, if this show is impacting your life, we want you to share the good word about this show with others. So feel free on Encounter Radio. There's archives of all of our shows. Get the word out there. We want all people, not just the 99. We want 100% to encounter the power of Jesus Christ in and through the Holy Spirit. And you are an instrument to allow people to encounter him. So please share this message with others so that all souls can come to know and love Jesus Christ. Join us next week on EWTN.